Unacceptable. We got shut out. Unacceptable. What? A week without an upset special right on the pre-snap? Unacceptable. That's all right. We've been great so far. It's time to be great again. And the pre-snap starts right now. You're listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast Weekly Wagering Show. Brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now here are your hosts, Joe Pizzapia and Mike Randall. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the Pre-Snap right here on the Line Star app. It's me and it's Mike Randall and it's you and it's time to get back to work because unacceptable. We always have at least one upset special, if not two correct. We drop the ball. It happens. You know, most teams get a loss. If we go 15 and one this year, that's fine, whatever it is. But it was a loss last week, but that's okay. We were right about a lot of other things, which was good. But I'll tell you what, Mike, It's a, I know it's a wacky week. We got London game again. We got teams on a bye. But I don't know, man. It just seems like most of the teams that I like this week are actually the teams that are favored. Yeah, me too. I was upset about the Giants not covering against the Vikings. Really thought they would. However, Joe, say it with me. You can get whatever you whatever want. You want. <laughs> Seriously, that was a bit points bonanza. Oh, man. Those, you know what? And especially with the weather, I know there was a lot of – and I was kind of in that same mode. I was like, well, that's a lot of points. You know, it's on a Thursday – Anything can happen on Thursday, but I'll tell you what, man, it's the Patriots defense. that just keeps happening and it's, it's happening amok on every team. Now, look, they've got some more challenging games. They're going to have Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes in the weeks to come and all that stuff. So it's going to be fascinating to see how, how they respond. My guess is that defense will get up for it in the offense. Look, it was a little clunky in the beginning, but I mean, the, certainly the win. You can watch some of those punts in that game last night, Mike, when they would punt the ball in the air and they would come back like 10 yards. That was crazy stuff. Man. Yeah, that's why you had to fade the offensive receivers in that game. And listen, Belichick is the greatest. I am not a Patriots fan. I have no stake in the game here. They should change the name, get rid of Lombardi, put Belichick up there. What he's doing is with no-name defensive players, and this may be one of his, if not the best defensive team he's ever had. So – Great job by Belichick and the Patriots. Took care of business. It was a little frisky. Thursday night he always gets a little frisky. And it's weird. It would have hit the under if not for those two fluky touchdowns. Yeah. So sort of an ugly game on Thursday, but the Pats are 6-0. and Here we go. Yeah, Turnovers are one thing. Turnovers into touchdowns are another. And two in one game is not something you usually expect. And that's what that's what changes things. And look, that's his unbelievable job. And you're right. Even Troy Aikman on the broadcast said it last night. He's like, he's just, you'll look back on it in 10 years and 20 years and 30 years, whatever, 50 years. And he's going to be the greatest ever to do it. And um, at this point, who are we to say he's not? I mean, really nine Super Bowls, right? Doing all things said and done there as a coach, a couple more as a coordinator. I mean, geez, like it's just crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely nuts. All right. So let's get after it. And uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with England, right? Why not? Anything can happen in England too. As we know from last week, geez, oh, Bears, what happened? Talk about a trap letdown game. Absolutely brutal. All right, Carolina Panthers are are uh, the favorite here by two against the Bucks, And I don't know, maybe this one's going to start to creep into my, as we start to talk about it, creep into my consciousness. Because Christian McCaffrey, it's it's his world. We're just living it. He is, he is a fantasy god right now. He's just absolutely running amok everywhere. You can throw on the Bucks, but again, the Bucks keep coming at you like a crazy person. So 
How do you feel about this plus two here on the buck side? I actually kind of don't mind this because it would not shock me if we had back-to-back wacky upsets going on in London because it's going to be a neutral kind of field anyway. So how do you feel about this one? I like the Bucks here. It's still Kyle Allen, and Todd Bowles has done an excellent job in big matchups here. So they go over in the pond. Now, Jameis Winston had the two monster games, and then, of course, week five doesn't go well because New Orleans has that time of possession. I don't know if the Panthers will be able to do that. I do think they'll be able to generate some pressure on the Panthers. I think it's a coin flip. Like you said, wacky stuff happens over in London. It's interesting. I do like the under also because I think the Panthers, of course, have a really solid defense and they can generate pressure too on Jameis. But I always tend to like the under in games I can't figure out. I will take the two and the Bucks here to bounce back and get their offense going. You heard all week that they're going to pound Mike Evans. The problem is he hasn't really had great success against James Bradbury, who doesn't usually go in the slot, which means giddy up for Chris Godwin yet again. So I'll take the Bucks. Yeah, you know what? I, I like it too. So we'll turn our keys on that one. The number's 47. That seems that seems pretty achievable too, especially considering the Bucks' lack of defense. <laughs> so I don't I don't see why not. So I'll actually take the over on this one. I'm gonna go the under on this one. Okay. I still think odd things happen in the pond. Teams tend to be lackadaisical. Last week, of course, there was turnovers. That's why that stuff happened. You had two quarterbacks who were not really at the level last week of what we would normally see. I think Winston here is solid, but I'm going to take the under. I just think weird stuff happens in the pond, and I'll call it the Mercedes Lewis three-touchdown game again. Yeah, that, that definitely works. A lot of weird things over there. Like, Parliament is weird. If you ever watched, the like, a parliamentary procedure over there in England and then everyone's screaming at each other, you're Very like, Very odd, yes. I, yes. Thought, I thought they're supposed to be, like, the high elite uh, intellectuals, and I'm watching them, and, like, this one's yelling at this one, and, like, one side's screaming while the other person's trying to talk. It's hysterical. Like, I Joe, you look good in that wig. You look good in that <laughs> wig. I would look great. Like, give me the gavel and let me rule. That's that's it. Prime Minister Pisa Pia. Oh, my God. I can feel the memes happening now, right as I said it. All right. Uh, give me the Bengals and Ravens here. It is uh, minus 12. Jeez, for the Ravens. Oh, look. The Ravens are not a clear good team. I know the Bengals are a bad team, but 12 in an in-division game? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals in garbage time points. I am. I, I don't care. I don't, I don't love it, but I just 12 seems like a lot right now. For, and, and I don't want to like carry too much from last game because going into Pittsburgh, I don't care who's playing quarterback. It's always going to be tough. It's going to be a tough in-division game there, too, on the road. And I'm sure Lamar Jackson is going to be great, but I don't know if I see this game being a complete blowout because I think Cincinnati can still score points. So how do you see this one working out? I think it's a smash spot for the Ravens. I, really? I think you think get, 12? Wow. Okay. I think it's been a couple games in a row where they've had some tough runs here, even against Arizona, who came out to Baltimore. I think they get right. I don't think the Bengals can stop anything whatsoever. I think they'll control the time of possession, put pressure on Andy Dalton. That's never a good thing. And listen, I understand what you're saying because you could have – Andy Dalton here actually have a decent game. But on the flip side, you have the Bengals who allowed Jimmy G was quarterback six. Josh Allen was decent. Mason Rudolph, Kyler Murray. So I think they're going to be fine. Jackson's going to smash it a couple deep passes. And listen, you've made a correct point about the Ravens defense not being what people think it is normally, but I think it's good enough here at home. And I think that the Ravens are legit. I really do. It's a tough win against the Steelers. I look for them to get out here early, 14-0, 10-0 and cruise to a victory. 
All right, so we're going to split on that one. So 47 and a half, what do you like about that number? You must like the over then, right, if you think they're going to smash. I do because slot receivers have actually done well against the Ravens. So Tyler Boyd should be very yeah, solid. Yeah, a people, really good spot. Yeah. yeah, people who had Boyd last week were panicking until the 40-yard touchdown at the end there. But Christian Kirk was solid, 114 yards. Fitz got over 100 yards. Juju got seven for 75 and a touchdown. And Jarvis Landry, of course, had 167. So I, I think they'll be fine. I think the over will hit, but I, I do like the, the Ravens giving the points. All right. Uh, let's go over to Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs. Now, look, look, everyone's gonna, everyone's got their eyeballs on this one. This is a fantasy player's dream. We know that. But from a betting standpoint, let's start with the over because the over-under is 55. And this is one offense coming off a huge offensive outing and then one offense coming off not so huge. Now, as we are recording this on Friday morning, we're still waiting to hear more news about whether or not Tyree kills in and out or whatever's going on there. But uh, 55, everybody's got to be in doing their job for this one. So where are you at with that number? Are you comfortable going over there or do you think this one might actually kind of fall short of expectations? Hard for me to see the Texans taking a step back after that explosion at home. Team totals here. The Chiefs are at 29 and a half. The Texans are at 25 and a half. So both teams should comfortably be in the 20s. I'm going to take the over. I don't expect the Chiefs to sit here and, and struggle like they did last week against the Colts with time of possession. Hard for me to see Andy Reid in that offense being slowed down two weeks in a row. So because of that, I will take the over. Yeah, I tend to agree with you here. I just the Kansas City Chiefs defense, not very good. Mahomes is due for a game too. I mean, two games in a row with just one touchdown pass. That's not going to that's not going to happen. And look, if he gets he'll back, that'd be fantastic. But he's already shown that he can make anybody a stud. But, you know, eventually injuries do creep in and, you know, you start chipping down and chipping down to the Byron Pringles of the world. No offense to Mr. Pringle, who actually caught a touchdown. But still, at a certain point, it kind of takes its toll. Now, what about the number? The Chiefs are favored by four in this one. Do you feel comfortable there? I don't. I, I I think they exposed enough Joe last week to be concerned a little bit here. Patrick Mahomes is a full participant in practice, but that offensive line for the Chiefs is not great right now. They're still a little banged up. I expect J.J. Watt and company to get some pressure there. I will take the points in a game I think Houston can absolutely win. I, I think the book on Andy Reid, especially last year and, and what has been over a really strong coaching NFL career, is that as the season goes on, the defenses catch up to him. If you look at Mahomes the second half of last year, he did tail off, quote-unquote, to where he was on that torrid pace. I think teams have dialed that up now. Frank Reich is a fantastic coach. We talked about that last week. So I think Bill O'Brien and company will figure that out. I think they will get pressure, and I will take the points in a coin flip game that I do think the Texans can win because their offense is so scalding hot. And by the way, Joe, Carlos Hyde revenge game, no? Oh boy, are we in the Carlos Hyde narrative? Is that where we are? Oh boy, it's come to this already at week six. Oh, I'll tell you what. If the uh, if they lose this game at home, they have a real problem here in Kansas City because then you've lost back to back home games and you pulled a rabbit out of your hat against the Lions. And all yeah. of a sudden, in terms of power rankings, in my mind, the Chiefs get knocked down a significant tier, and it also opens up that MVP race in a big way. Because I think Mahomes was obviously the favorite kind of going in. And after the first couple of weeks, you could probably say the same thing. And Russell Wilson's played so well. I dare I say Gardner Minshew might be in that conversation. I don't know. I don't want to get people mad at me. But if the Chiefs lose back-to-back home games, this is a big problem. So they better win. But you make a good point about the four, too. If they do win, it's not necessarily going to be by uh, more than a field goal, necessarily. All right, let's go to this next one. 
is this a letdown game for the Saints going to Jacksonville? Jacksonville is favored by one. So whenever you have a, a situation like this, I mean, it's basically a pick them. I, I got to tell you, I'm, I know Teddy B had a really big game. We talked about it last week on the DFS show that that was going to be a, a thing against Tampa, but I don't trust him as much on the road. Thomas is still great. Kamara is still great. All that's still great. But I just feel like now that Minshew's played so well on the road, you get him back in a home environment and you basically give me a pick him. I think I'm going to go with Jacksonville here. I think this is a little bit of a letdown considering you had in-division opponent. You had the Cowboys on the road against Seattle. You had a lot of games there where everybody's like up to play. And I'm not saying they're going to get let down for this game completely, but it just seems like how many times can you get up for the big opponent? And now you're going on the road a little bit. And I think this is a tough one here for me. I was so disappointed that this was not the Saints favored in this yeah. game because I would have loved the Jag. I love the Jaguars. I think it's a smash spot for them. If this was a Saints like two and a half. I was expecting Saints two and a half. That's what I was expecting in this game. That's what I wanted. I would have jumped all over this for the upset special. Last three weeks, Gardner Minshew, QB 18, QB 15, QB 8. So he's been fantastic. I think they generate pressure. Last time, Joe, they were home against Tennessee. They were loading up the sacks. I think Bridgewater played a fantastic game. I think the clock strikes 12 on them. The only thing I'm worried about is Kamara going nuts, but he really hasn't gone nuts on the on the ground this year. That's where you can get them. Jalen Ramsey's back. I think they limit Michael Thomas. Love them in this spot. I'm all aboard Gardner Minshew. Over 350 passing yards last week. I'm in, man. Jacksonville, love them in this game. I think it's a, it's a big, big spot for Jacksonville. And according to the cornerback matchups, it does feel as though that Lattimore won't be on that side of the field either with Shark. Am I correct in saying that, that he's not going to loop back over? Because everything that I've read seems to say that he is not going to be on that side of the field, which if that's true, that's a huge win for Gardner Minshew and, and that offense. Well, they better do that because I, I also think D.D. Westbrook and fantasy is in a smash spot this week. The last couple of weeks, he's really been creeping up, getting more targets. He's someone uh, team preseason. I loved him in the preseason. So whatever Lattimore does, I, I think he'll be OK. And I, if you had me choose, I like Westbrook better than Chark in this game because I like him on volume. But he needs to follow Chark because Chark is a big time athlete that's produced. If they don't do that, this game could get ugly. I really it's think it's a so huge right. mistake if Eli Apple ends up being the guy on him. Like that oh is my a God. huge and, this game. And by the way, Joe, is is Leonard Fournette due or what? I mean, he's due to have a touchdown here sooner or oh. later. So everything is well, pointing look, I got to Fournette Jackson. everywhere. We he was a major, major point of the uh of the show yesterday that came out, which by the way, if you haven't listened to it already, make sure you go check out the DFS show with me and Chris Meany, the preview. Um, it was a major point because the numbers just haven't moved yet, like in terms of price, but you see the target volume has been so steady. And I think that's, what's so encouraging about Fournette is this was a guy that sometimes maybe you struggle with a little bit on the DK side, but man, just across the board right now, it feels like it feels like Fournette is just such a good value just in terms of the volume and in terms of the upside. And you're right to say he's overdue for some more touchdown work is certainly within the, within the sphere of conversation there. So uh, what do you think of the over under in this game too, while we're on it? I like the over. I, I like Jacksonville to put points up here. I, I think the saints will be able to manufacture a couple things here or there, but I, I really love Jacksonville. It's a pick based on the Jags. I love them this week. I love them to get the win outright. And I think they're going to score points. That's a tough Carolina defense last week on the road that Jacksonville scored and almost pulled out in the last play of the game, which by the way was repeated three times. Really like the over as well. It's a big Jacksonville one for me. Yeah. So that number was 44, just in case you missed it. All right. Uh, Eagles at Vikings. Um, Vikings are favored by three. I think that's right. I just do. I, I'm 
I'm not saying, oh my God, the carryover of Kirk Cousins and the confidence is going to happen and he's going to be incredible, but it's at least a, a stepping stone and the Eagles secondary is not very good. And I'm going to also go on a limb. I went on a limb yesterday with this and I'm going to hold to it. Yes, the Eagles defense is good on paper against the run. Yes, they are, of course. Yes, this year they've been good against the run. They also haven't had the greatest offenses to play against, nor the greatest running backs to be playing against either. They haven't played Dalvin Cook yet. And I think this is a W for the Vikings. And I think Alshon Jeffrey gets shut down by Xavier Rhodes. And I think that this one actually is not that hard. I like Minnesota as the favorite in this one. I know I know, we're liking a lot of favorites, but it's just kind of where the lines panned out, I feel like, this week. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally on Minnesota here. I think the Eagles struggle. I think Carson Wentz has pulled out some miracle passes, really has a knack for scrambling, getting things open. I love Minnesota this week. Mike Zimmer teams, each of the last six home games, 24 points or less and only 15-point average. So you want me to give three, Joe, no problem, because I don't see how the Eagles score more than you know, 16, 17 points in this game. So I think Minnesota will score. I think Kirk Cousins is a sneaky fantasy play with the receivers because the Eagles secondary has been absolutely putrid. So you know no one's going to stop Dalvin Cook. He's going to get his either in the passing game or the running game, and you're going to give some target volume there to the receivers and the defense at home with Mike Zimmer. It all adds up to a, a big Minnesota win. I like the under in this one. The number's 44. This like reeks of like 2017 to me, this game. I don't know. It's just like that kind of a thing. Or 23, 17, somewhere in that range. Like you're just, you're going to inch towards this number, but I don't know, man. I think a lot of things have to break right for the over. So I'm going to take under at the 44. What are you taking, Mike? Agreed, because Zimmer and the Vikings are similar to the Packers in that when they get up big early, they're going to be very conservative. They're not going to change their style for the entire game. So maybe they come out throwing because they attack the Eagles secondary, but then they're going to run the ball. That's what they're going to do. That's how they're constructed. So that leans the the under to me. All right. Uh, also, just to follow up to just checked in two spots. I checked on labs and I checked on line star app, of course. And everybody, everybody's got DJ Shark and Eli Apple. So that seems to be what's oh, happening. Oh, dear there. Lord. Mother oh, of God situation. Lord. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, well, <laughs> let me tell you something, baby. <laughs> like, you know, because because I feel like people will see that, they'll automatically guess, and they'll just say, oh, I'm going to fade Shark. I don't think I'd do that if I were this week in DFS. I don't think I would do that. All right, let's move on here to Seattle and Cleveland. All right, here we go. Now we really earn our money here because this is a big one. The Browns are point and a half underdogs in their home building. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that it's, it's even that. Like, I think they should be bigger underdogs in this game. So here, here's my take. And then Mike's going to go take over and completely go the other way. I know he is. So Seattle right now is playing good football. Seattle right now, Russell Wilson is really, I think, playing at a, a you know the highest level you possibly can. And Russell Wilson can smell an MVP right now. And I think this is another huge B in his bonnet to get a W on the road. And I think they're ripe for the picking. I'm not saying that Cleveland might not bounce back and be competitive in this game. They very well might be. That's where the number gets a little dicey with the one and a half. But I think the Seahawks can win this game by more than a field goal. And I think that there's only so many times you can go down to this well of it's us against the world and our backs against the world. I don't care what your backs against your offensive line stinks and your quarterback is basically looks like he's completely lost out there. So give me the Seahawks. Point and a half, that's fine. I think they win this game outright easily, and I think they do it by more than one and a half. So where are you at, Mike Randall, on the other side of this coin? The line opened at Cleveland minus two. 
and only because the money poured in on Seattle. So that means the Vegas people who sit there and have those tall buildings and have all that money had Cleveland favored by two when this opened up. This is a dangerous spot for Seattle. Again, folks, hashtag fade the public. Cleveland looked terrible. Baker Mayfield, the ball slamming off of Odell's head there in warmups on Twitter. Everything that you want. You're facing a Browns team that does rank six in sacks against a, a Russell Wilson offensive line that is poor, that allows him to get pressure. You should have Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward back for Cleveland in the secondary, which is going to help. This is a tough Cleveland defense. This is Baker Mayfield back against the wall. Nobody believes in us routine. Nick Chubb should actually get going in this game. Love Cleveland here. If simply for the fact of the knee-jerk reaction, the only one this year, Joe, that didn't work out was Washington and the Giants for me. Every time I've been in a spot like this, it has gone that way. I think Cleveland has a big bounce-back game at home. They surprised me against the Ravens. 40 points is 40 points. I think they generate pressure on Seattle. Seattle has played well this year. Everything you said is completely correct, but they have the secondary to shut down the passing offense. It's going to have to be a lot of Chris Carson, and I think the Browns can get pressure on Russell Wilson, so I will take the Browns. All right, now I'm going to take my wig off and we're going to sit <laughs> my, my gavel down. But this is for everybody else to decide now. We've given you two sides of the argument, and this is why it's a good show. Because Mike makes a lot of good points, I make a lot of good points. Now it's up to you to go out there and make the decision about how you feel about this game. And, and at the end of the day, too, you can fix all those things until you fix the offensive line. Like we learned with the Texans, it doesn't matter. You have to fix the O-line. That's where that's where it begins and ends for the Browns. And you know what? If Nick Chubb gets 100 yards in this game, I do think they have a W. I, I'm hard-pressed to see 100 yards from Chubb and an L. But my question is, will they go that route? Will they do it? And we'll find out. 46 is the number. Mike Randall, over, under. I'm going to take the over. Russell's always good at bringing things close there at the end with his scrambling ability, hitting DK Metcalf deep. I do think that Seattle is going to have to try to pound Chris Carson because it is vulnerable against a, a Browns run defense there, which is oh, not nearly as good. Gosh, he's gonna, <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to pound it. But I, I, I like the over. I think Cleveland is absolutely going to score points. I'll take a little Russell magic to hit the over here. All right, uh, let's move on to the pooper ball. The Dolphins hosting oh, the dear Reds. Lord. Can we skip it's, that? Um, no, no, we cannot skip it because people want because it's funny. So we have to do it because it's entertainment. We're sports entertainment after all. So uh, here you go. The Dolphins are three and a half point underdogs. And just in case you're keeping score at home, this is a lot less than normal. <laughs> Usually we're up to 22 and a half, 19, 21. Those are the numbers we're used to seeing when we see the Dolphins. Now it's three and a half. So the Redskins are, are three and a half point favorites in this one. And this is a must lose game for the Dolphins. You cannot lose to the Redskins because then they have a tiebreaker on you. God forbid you're both one and 15 at the end of the year. And this is the worst case, worst case scenario for you. You don't want them to piggyback you. So, but you can't tell your players that you can't tell your players go out there and lose. I mean, I guess you could, but uh, all right. So here we go. Redskins, new coach Callahan takes over for Gruden. You've got him saying he's going to run the football more, which means that that number, the over under is 42. I like the under in this one if they are really committed to running the football. And this could be one of these ugly, ugly kind of 13-10 kind of games if that's what they're getting at. So uh, just in terms of teams that just are not uh, good at executing. So how do you feel? Let's start with that 42. How do you feel about that number? 
I just have a rule, man. When I have two terrible defenses that go against each other, I always take the offense because I just think Terry McLaurin could get deep. I like Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, by the way, in fantasy, if you're really stuck. This is a terrible Washington defense and an even worse Miami defense. I'll take the over because I think they find a way to score points. And Josh Rosen is actually decent if you just give him a little bit of time, which is the big if. So just a rule that I have when I have two terrible defenses, uh, like, you know, Cincinnati, Arizona, I'm going to take the over. All right. So how about this number three and a half of the Redskins? Do you feel comfortable with that? <laughs> I, I'm giving this pick under protest. I, I really don't want to make a no, pick look, here. Look, but... Make the caveat. Neither of us want to touch that. I don't want to touch this game. I am don't. I am. No. No, I'm not touching it. Do you would and and Mike, I believe, feels the same way. I'm getting that vibe. Am I right? I'm getting that vibe. Yeah, I, I okay. mean, if you if you put a gun in my head, I I'll mean, put I'll a gun take, to your head. I'll take the fun. points at home. I, you know, just because why not? They're home. I get it. Both teams want to lose. And listen, I'm a, I'm not exactly you know filled with with positivity on the Bill Callahan best week of practice. I mean, you can do what you want with that, but I, I'd rather not pick this game. If I had to, I will take the points with a home team always. All right, so there you have it. Uh, let's go. Uh, by the way, I I will I will agree with everything Mike said. <laughs> so I will, I will agree with that. I'll accept the under. I, I I I agree with him on half of it. The other half, I still like the under. Um, Falcons at Cardinals. Now everyone's going to have their attention on that Chiefs game with the Texans, but this is the game I like for offense even more. The number is fifty-one. I love this game this week. So good. Nobody plays defense here. Nobody plays defense here. The Falcons are a complete and utter joke. In the secondary, uh, I think you're going to see Fitzgerald have a huge day. If Edmonds plays and not DJ, that's going to be fantastic. I don't care. It, it's not a negative. I don't think that's a negative at all. Edmonds will step in and be fine. He was terrific last week in the limited action he saw. And uh, on the Falcon side, you know what they're going to do? They're going to throw the football because that's what they do. They don't run the football. So this is a, a scoring fest. If the number's 51. I think this is an easy over. And I don't, I'm not even worried about this one this week. How about you? Highest scoring game on the slate, no doubt. Kyler Murray's Murray starting to run a little bit, has over 100 yards his last two games rushing. Christian Kirk is due back. When he went out with the injuries, number three among all wide receivers and targets. The Atlanta offense can score. They may score in garbage time, but they always score. Matt Ryan over 300 yards each and every week, and including going back last year as well. I mean, it's been six consecutive games. So I love the over here. I think the offenses are going to put points up no matter what. All right, the Cardinals are favored by I'm sorry, the Falcons are favored by two and a half in this one. So that makes sense to me. Like that's that's a really good number. Um I I will again go with the favorite. I just I hate doing this because you you know you look up and you go, that doesn't happen every week, but maybe this is the weirdness. Maybe the weirdness this week is the fact that these numbers are all pretty good and they all really match up wise. There's just nothing else to say because the way that all just the chips fell. But I think the Falcons in two and a half makes sense. So I'm on that side of this one. How about you? Well, you know, my phrase, I've said it a million times, but I cannot go against Atlanta here. They do have some pride. Dan Quinn's on the hot seat. They showed out last week. I mean, they played hard in Houston. And if it wasn't for that last turnover, the game, the final score would have been a lot closer than it, than it, than it, it seemed at the end. But I will take the points. I just think Atlanta's too good here. Arizona got the win. They got over, over the hump there. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Atlanta and give the points. I don't feel great about it because I'm, I'm going against a team that I hate their defense. But same thing. I'm, I'm aligned with you with the Falcons. Well, I mean, and, and I get it. Like, if Dan Quinn loses this game, he might not make fired. it to Monday either. That's correct. Yeah, I think yep. he's done on Monday. I think he's another one where, make, where he's as Jay Gruden so astutely said, my key may or may not work, whatever that was. <laughs> Yeah. Key doesn't work, work anymore, my friend. 
can you imagine they called him in at 5 a.m. to fire him? Oh, now I know, granted, these guys probably start at 5 a.m. anyway because we're all lunatics, but yeah. you imagine, like, hey, could you come in this morning at 5 a.m. so we could chat and you get fired? Like, you're waking me up at 5 a.m. to fire me. Note to Line Star, my employees, my employers over there. Listen, I love you guys. If ever reason you get rid of me, don't say, hey, let's have a 5 a.m. phone call about it, please. Like, if just... my phone's ringing at 5 a.m., it better be you, man. If not, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> That's right. It's me going, Mike, Mike, look at this line. Look at, hurry, hurry before something exactly. happens. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one. The 49ers get tested. Here we go. Some really good football this weekend. I'm telling you, some really exciting games. This is a huge one because the 49ers are going to get a real football team this week. And I know the Rams have had their issues, but look, they kind of showed you what they were made of and they should have won that game in Seattle. They didn't. Always a tough place to play. Regardless here, Rams are favored by three and a half. I like this one. The, the 49ers turn the football over collectively still too much for my taste. I think that comes back to haunt them with this kind of an offense with the Rams. They're not used to playing a team that has this much talent on it person for person. Now I understand that talent hasn't collectively played well all the time, but golf at home has historically been very good. Cooper cup is a matchup nightmare for the 49ers. As good as that defense has been, this is the real test. And my money is on the Rams failing this test. How about you? Offensive. The 49ers, the 49ers failing this test. My apologies. Offensive line for the Niners is banged up, and that plays into this pick. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, Joe Staley, both going to be out there for San Francisco. I got burned when I went with the, the Ram defense against Tampa Bay, but I'm going to go back to the well. They've had 10 days to prepare for this. Here comes the Niners that don't have to win this game, that are one of two only undefeated teams left. Garoppolo is not a guy who's going to take the game over. He's been sort of a safe, short-to-intermediate route player. I love the Rams defense in this spot. I don't care if Brandon Cooks doesn't play. I like their offense as well. Totally agree with you. Big spot for the Rams. I will go back to the well one more time with the Rams here, thinking they can get the magic they had last year. And if I'm wrong, so be it. But I love, love the Rams here. Short week for the Niners, long week for the Rams. Love them in this spot. And look, also, let's also point out too, even though it's a short week for 49ers, they, they were all they were still in California. So, like, if you're just traveling up and down the California coast, it's, it's, it's not a big deal in terms of losing that day with the travel and everything. So, even though they played Monday night, but I still think the 49ers are a playoff team because the schedule is really cake for them. Like, they, they have a nice – they deserve, they earned the schedule that they're playing because they were so bad last year. But still, it's it's I think they're still going to be a playoff team when all is said and done. Uh, numbers 50 uh, 50.5. So, uh, where do you stand on that one, Mike? Way over, way over in this yeah. game. Rams are going to put points up. Goff's going to get things going again. Gurley with some scores. Absolutely love the over. And listen, Brita and, and Coleman and those guys will get in. Maybe Dante Pettis will actually catch a pass for me. But yeah, love the over here. Love the Rams in a big way. And they're going to put points up. All right. I'm not excited about this next one, even though I know the Jets fans are at least excited. They get Darnold back on the field. But it doesn't matter because the Cowboys are coming to town and they are seven and a half point favorites here. Cowboys need a classic Ezekiel Elliott, 22 carries for 120 and two touchdown kind of game. They need to get back to being that Cowboys and stop with this throwing the ball to Mari Cooper everywhere and all this nonsense. No, 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 no. That's not how you get W's. If you're the Cowboys, you get it by just keep giving the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. And I think you're going to get a lot of that. Now, look, Darnold hopefully will make the Jets at least respectable, but uh, this is more than a touchdown. So do you think that this number is kind of a trap? Because does Darnold make the Jets respectable enough that this is like a, like a, I don't know, a 27-20 kind of a contest? Yes, he does. And this Jets defense is actually pretty strong. 
one of the favorite props that I love this week, I look at him on Thrive Fantasy, is Le'Veon Bell over under 59 and a half rushing yards. He's been fantastic. A ton of touches the last few weeks, 23, 31, 32 touches. Love Le'Veon Bell in this game. I think Darnold brings some energy back to the Jets offense. The Cowboys are not playing well right now. Their offense, Kellen Moore, is he tipping his, his signals there back from his Boise State days? I have no idea. Seven is too much for me. This is going to be a game. Everybody's going to be watching the Yankees probably out here, probably filled with Cowboy fans in that stadium. But I think the seven is way too much for a Cowboy team that is not playing well right now. I am worried about the passing game for the Cowboys, but I'll take the points in the Jets. All right. I think that's a good call. I I agree with you there. Uh, 45 is that number. So where do you land on this one? Yeah, the passing game for the Cowboys is pretty prolific. And I do expect that Darnold's going to make a difference here, hitting Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. And like I said, this is a big Le'Veon Bell game. He's one of my most exposure players in in DFS this week. Yeah, I'll take the over because I think points are going to be put up there across the board. All right, moving on to the next one here, Titans and Broncos. Uh, Let's start with the 41. Uh, I'm going to go under. (laughs) You know, maybe this is the trap. I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't get excited. Of, and I know sometimes Tennessee shows up and the Denver Broncos show up and you go, oh, look at that, look, offense. But I don't know, man. I just, I can't get there with this one. So 41, I'm going to take the under. And uh, that's, that's my first salvo in this game. How do you feel about that 41? Agree with you. Uh, two solid defenses. This reeks of that Bears-Broncos game, right? Which was what, 16, 14, 17, yeah. 16, whatever uh-huh. it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love the under here. Yep. All right, and the other side of it is uh, the Broncos favored by two and a half, which I think is right. Like, I feel like this is a field goal game. If this was three and a half, I would feel the other way about the Titans. But the two and a half is a number where I feel good because I just, Denver is always a tough place to go win and win. It just is. And the fact that they did lose those two games, they were kind of fluky losses. And I think that was a huge victory for them last week to go and beat the Chargers. And we'll talk about the Chargers coming up real soon, but uh, I'm going to stay with this one. I'm going to stay with the Broncos in the two and a half. How about you, Mike? We're aligned as well. I'm staying with the Broncos. You know, a couple impressive players here. Philip Lindsay had a fantastic game yes, against he did. the Chargers. And Cortland Sutton, who drew Casey Hayward in shadow coverage, still went four for 92 in a touchdown. So uh, Joe Flacco has been serviceable. Vic Fangio's defense, I know they have some injuries there, but they've been playing better as of late. That was a big win last week. I like the Broncos here. Can't figure out Tennessee. I'm usually on Tennessee, right? But I like a low-scoring game that the Broncos win here at mile high. Yeah, uh, I agree, man. Lindsey, two of the last three games for Lindsey have been very solid, and um, they're going to run the football a lot. That's the other thing, too. With so much between Henry, Lindsey, Freeman, it's just, I don't know, man. Unless somebody breaks one, it's really hard to see the over happening in this game. All right, here's another tricky one. You ready for this bad boy here? Pittsburgh Steelers traveling with Devlin Hodges, their third string quarterback to the Chargers. And um, the Chargers don't have a home field advantage. And the Chargers still, you know, they just lost their center for the year too. Pouncey's out for the year. Um, Look, I'm not saying the Steelers are a great football team. I'm just saying that the seven makes me very uncomfortable with the Chargers. So I like the Steelers on this end of this one. Seven's way too much, especially with Pouncey being out. Absolutely. Another prop that I love, Melvin Gordon, total rushing and receiving yards, 82 and a half. I will take the under. He certainly yeah. is try- he's trying to get back into playing shape. He's not going to be running as effectively behind that offensive line. Steelers stuff the run. I know it's Devlin Hodges. I get it. But seven's way too much. And Mike Tomlin, his career has done a pretty strong job when he's been an underdog here by a lot of points. So I'm with you. Give me the points in the steal. You've been off the Chargers a whole year. You've been totally right about that. No home field advantage. I'll t- I'm going to jump on with you. Take the Steelers and the points. 
Tigers made of paper who play in Los Angeles. That's what they are. That's wow. what they, wow. they are. The Los Angeles paper Tigers. They Look, when Derwin James went out for the year, that was huge. And then you took Gordon away at the beginning. And look, I know Gordon's back now, but it seems like they're a team that keeps struggling to find an identity. They're dealing with a ton of injuries. The injuries continue to mount. And they're not mounting with a lot of players that necessarily your lay fantasy or even casual football player fans uh, are out there know. But these are huge. Pouncey's a huge piece. Derwin James is a huge piece. When you lose these pieces for the year, it has a huge ripple effect on, on, on the team. And I just, I'm telling you, man, this is, there's only so many of those guys you can lose. I'm not saying the Chargers are going to lose this football game. But seven is just enormous. Forty-one and a half is the total here. I'm just going to kind of run away from this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm running. Away. I'm running away. I think okay. it's right there. I like the the Steelers' defense here to limit the Chargers' offense. So if that's the case, I'll lean under. But I, I, it's a run away because I mean the Steelers. You never know could get a turnover, get a touchdown like we saw last night. It, it's a little too much of a frisky line. It's still Philip Rivers, so I'm running away. Yeah, this is like 21-17 Chargers written all over. Right, it. right, exactly. And I just, you know, I just don't think the Chargers have the gas to pull away. I just don't. I don't think they're that team. And I don't think the Steelers, you know, for, for all the jokes I make about the Steelers, I don't think that Mike Tomlin, you know, allows them to stop fighting. You know, they got they got their butt kicked in that first game. Absolutely. absolutely. But they've done everything they can to fight. And sometimes they're at a deficit, but the Chargers do not have – it's not like they're going into Green Bay – it's not like they're going into Denver. They're going to, to Los Angeles. And there's going to be more Steeler fans in that building. I guarantee it when we get there. I guarantee you're going to see terrible towels on Sunday night. You go look big, up. Yeah. Big Always. home games, big home games you're going to have with it where the visiting team is going to have a big presence is the Jets, Dallas, and the Steelers, Chargers. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, last one Monday Night Football, Detroit Lions. My Detroit Lions, my adopted team for the year because I just like the way they fight. They're four and a half underdogs in Green Bay, and everything in me wants to go, yes, let's do it, Detroit, but uh, I don't know. Um, what's the latest on Devontae Adams this morning? Did we get any updates on him? Is it trending yet in the right it, direction? It's still trending that he's not. he may not play. He's saying yeah. he's going to be conservative here, so I, they're going to be shorthanded again. If they're shorthanded again and Adams doesn't play, the four and a half is much more appealing to me, where I still think the Packers find a way to win this football game. But man, those Detroit Lions do not quit. They don't, they are, they are tenacious. They are tenacious on both sides of the ball. They just, they refuse to give in. And I think that's a mentality that, that travels well. And so far this year, I've said it on a couple of shows. I'll say it again. Aaron Rodgers is only thrown for 240 yards one time this year. And the one time he's thrown for more than 240, that's the one loss they have. So winning games for the charge for the, uh, for the Green Bay Packers right now is about running the football having Aaron Rodgers make some plays and playing defense. That's it. So how do you feel about this number? Give me the with Adams, without Adams, if you need to, whatever you need to do, four and a half. It's a Bayesian process that we have here in football as the year goes on. That's, I a, was, big, that's a big vocab. I, I is. Show. I looked it up before we started. It's a Bayesian, you got that word of the day toilet paper, Randall? What do you got here? Exa- exactly. I'm wiping right now. It's a Bayesian process. We're going to go through it. I hated the Lions at the beginning of the year, but I am now taking in new information, Joe, and I'm forming new results. I'm taking the Lions here. I, I They're coming off the bye. They're rested. Patricia has dialed up great schemes here. They almost beat the Chiefs at home. And by the way, for you Aaron Jones truthers out there, in the three games that that Jamal Williams has not played, Aaron Jones, 25 fantasy points, 92 rushing yards. In the 24 games that Jamal Williams has played, and he is out of the concussion protocol right now, 50 rushing yards a game, 12 fantasy points. I don't like that Devontae Adams isn't playing. 
I don't think you're going to see a dominant Aaron Jones game. I like what the Lions are doing right now. Carry on Johnson, Kenny Galladay. We saw what Amari Cooper did to Jair Alexander, and I love Jair Alexander. But you can go at him a little bit here. I like the Lions. I like the points. Absolutely. I hated them at the beginning of the year, but I don't have take lock. I don't have it. I'm going to take the Lions and the points. Now look at you. I finally converted you. Uh, yeah. I, I'm leaning that way too. And they've, they've showed up and this is the stuff that doesn't always show up. You know, when you look, Oh, the lions lost or whatever, but you, well, but you, how did they lose? <laughs> you know, It's like they're, they're right there. And I don't think this is that September lions that we've seen in the past where they have a couple fluky wins. It's not like that. They're, they're competing against better football teams. The chargers I think are a better talented football team. The certainly the chiefs have more talent on the field. This is, what, this is what it comes down to for me. If they can hold Patrick Mahomes in his first indoor game without a touchdown, then they're not nervous to Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. That's how you I look shouldn't at it. be. You shouldn't be in theory. I mean, that's good logic. Well, hopefully the logic will stack up. All right. It's that time. It's upset special time and we need a rebound. This was our first goose egg in week five, but we, we dusted off. You know, you can't be perfect all the time, but we've been nailing it. We've either given you two for two or at least 50% on all these picks i'll go first this week give me the pittsburgh steelers on the road give me the seven the chargers will still win this game but seven is a lot when when did the chargers become this team that just puts everybody away and just runs away with games especially on on a sunday night on a big time prime time game Uh -uh, not having it give me the steelers and devlin hodges the story of the week who honestly did not look all that bad when he came into that game so mike randall your upset special of the week week six who you got Seattle's offensive line has allowed Russell Wilson to be pressured eighth highest in the league and hit at the seventh highest Cleveland. Nobody believes in us comes back home. Knee jerk reaction. Baker Mayfield, the whole bit love the Browns healthy secondary lined open at Browns minus two. Why is that? Do you think Vegas made a mistake? Ha ha. Give me the dog pound. I'm barking Browns at home to beat the Seahawks. Let me tell you something. If the Browns keep in this uh, this bizarre circle of failure and then comebacks, I mean, it's all just going to result in pretty much the same record they had last year, which is going to fall very, very short of their expectations. I if mean, we if can only just getting... get locked in, we can win some money on this. That's the game. <laughs> well, yeah, we got to. But look, that's uh, that's where it is. It's a fascinating week. Uh, a lot of favorites that we like, obviously, on the show this week. Just just the way it laid out in terms of the points. Uh, but there are some dogs there. They, you know, we talked about the Steelers. We even talked about the Lions. Um, Mike mentioned the Browns in the last segment there. So certainly there's a lot you can get in on and uh, make some money. And that's what you want to do and have some fun. So in the meantime, make sure you are downloading that Lion Star app and utilizing it. Because as we're talking the show, you saw how I went to utilize just to double check matchups and things like that. It's so easy. I was able to pull it up in two seconds and get all the information on Shark that I needed. And that's why the Lion Star app is just better. So go out there, go get it, and start utilizing and upgrade to that premium product as well. And you can follow us on the Twitter machine at Linestar App, at Linestar NFL, at Joe Pisa PS17, and at Randall Rant. That'll do it for me and Mike Randall for week six. We hope you have a great fun weekend. It's time to break the huddle, and there's nothing left to do now except set down win. You've been listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast Weekly Wagering Show, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, drop a rating, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from wagering experts Joe Pizapia and Mike Randall.